Welcome everybody to an SF Live breaking news special. We've seen the gold price crash this morning. We've seen the silver price crash this morning. And uh, are we in the middle of a crash? Is this just a correction? Is this part of the norm? Should we get used to kind of drop price drops like that? And we'll be chatting with Patrick Kareem. He's the bad chartist on Twitter at badchartist1. So make sure to follow him there as well. And I'm really curious to see what his thoughts are because I'm just a retail novice. I'm not a technical analyst. I just follow mainstream media, most mostly some specialized industry news outlets, of course. But uh, I, I really want to get some color on what is going on. And that's what prompted me to reach out to Patrick this morning. See, hey, are you available? I need to make sense of this. But before we switch over, let me uh, let me remind you to follow us on YouTube, follow us on Twitter. It's uh, we are live with our formats all the time. That way you do have an advantage when we go live. We interview lots of companies. We have experts on. Hit that little bell notification. Leave a like. Leave a comment. We want to hear from you. That's all I can say to this. Now let's switch over to our guest, Mr. Patrick Kareem. Patrick, really appreciate you joining us on such short notice. How, how are you? Hi, I'm great. Thanks for uh, reaching out to me there. Appreciate that. Oh, for sure, for sure. It's like I've been following what you've been doing is uh, the last few months, and your channel has been exploding on Twitter at Batchards One. It's great to see that because um, you provide lots of quality content and maybe some more technical, sens sensible analysis about pr certain price moves. That's why I reached out to you. It's like I need to understand what is happening in the market, in the charts, without the noise. Right, like, let's cut out the mainstream media. Let's cut out the industry-specific news. I want to see what's happening in the chart. What can we expect? And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But first, I want to talk about yourself. Like, uh, like who's Patrick Kareem? Like, why are we actually chatting today? And to give us a bit more background information on yourself. Wow. Um, well, I, I started trading like most people that started. Like, I think back in like 2006, um, just trying to have some income and. What do you do? Oh, I have some spare money. Well, then you, you you Google. Back in the days, you didn't have Twitter or anything like that. But you, the first thing, say investing. And you, for, it's like whenever you go to a new country, never go to the first restaurant. You're in Paris. You're in Champs Elysees. Uh, we call that the um, tourist traps. You know, the first restaurants you see, they're usually the most expensive, and uh, you get better deals, better food. Like if you know how to smuggle your way around. And with the trading is the same thing. People Google, and the first thing they find, they they go on Invest Hub or all these uh, penny stock forums. It's it's a miracle that I didn't lose all my money multiple times, like in the beginning. And then I was lucky enough to to read uh, Stan Weinstein's uh, Secrets for Profiting in Bull Bear Markets. Then there were notions of uh, risk and money management that I got. How to write a stage, uh, make sure you're on the correct, like how to identify where you are, the price action. Because if you don't know anything about charts, honestly. The first thing you're going to see, oh, man, this thing is going to the moon. And usually that's a sign of a top or close to it. And then, man, when you learn charting and then, oh, man, I bought at that area. That was like a clear sale. I was I was so stretched from the one-year moving average. But honestly, like nine, I don't know how, what's the percentage of people who don't do technical analysis, who, who have uh, some money that they put for the first time. And it's it's insane. Maybe that's why it explains parabolic meltups because they just pile on at the at total end, and it just it's total mayhem. But yeah. what I've learned, like from technical analysis, is you got to get in early. The earlier you are emotionally, it, the, after the first correction, and there's always corrections. It's much easier if you got in early than you got late, because if you get in higher higher up on the fear of missing out type of breakout. The first correction, you're not going to survive it emotionally. Oh, what's happening? I'm down 20%, 30%. Uh, how could that be? Then you sell, and as soon as you sell, it turns around, right? You hear these stories all the time. But if you have a chart, you could situate your, like where you are, where you're buying. And even if you're buying on a breakout, at least emotionally, you know where you are. You could expect, okay, look, I bought here. 
but I'm keeping some bullets. It's going to go down or it could go down 10, 20, 30 percent to this resistance, this support level. And it's a lot easier to hold once you know where you are in the bull market. Are you in, mind, are you in the first year? Uh, if you, or am I like in the seventh or eighth inning where the rug pull could happen any moment? Yeah, let's let's, let's look at that the rock the the, yeah. the, the rug pull right it's like and to, trying to make sense of what is happening in the market today of course and also putting it in broader perspective because uh, because I'm like I'm not a technical analyst but uh, like looking at it like I was I, I learned the last couple of weeks that 1760 1750 level is sort of an important support level in gold and we broke through that tremendously to, the, the, like today like with 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 fury right uh silver held up decently so we're going to talk about silver as well but let, let's start with gold and uh, i'm going to switch the screen over because you brought a graphic along as well and uh this is the gold nope that's the silver one that's the gold the gold's daily linear chart yeah. um let, let, let's talk about it. what are we seeing um should we be worried um yeah put it in perspective for us what, what's happening well most people they uh, they look at the daily chart so even smaller time frames and if you look at that on the daily chart, it's not, uh, you're in a downwards channel. You're, you had a death cross, super scary word, but you're, that means you're below a, a, a 50 and a 200 day moving average. And if you just look at that, definitely you're in a downtrend, you're in a stage uh, four downtrend. So it's not um, somewhere where you want to buy at, at this area, but you can't see the way that the charts frame, you can't see really like a, a bottom. So it's very scary. You don't know how, how, how deep this is gonna go where is my support and that's where like uh, multiple time frame analysis comes in is because on higher time frames more important time frames let's say on the yearly chart or six months chart or quarterly close charts you'll you'll have some uh, defined support and it's invisible it's practically invisible on this chart but i that's why i had i had to put it there i put a 1675 is uh, also yearly defined wall so wall is a previous resistance you busted through now, when you go and touch it, it's not resistance anymore. It helps with the price action. And if you combine that, that uh, invisible resistance support, and then you're in downwards channel, and then you could even add an indicator to see, am I going to start creating a bullish divergence? So the price action shoots down, but the indi indicator refuses to go down lower. So it's showing, hey, look, the price action is exaggerating to the, to the, to the downside. If ever we start getting, let's say, a green candle on the price action and uh, the indicator, like in this case, I use the stock, starts turning around at a higher low and the price action at a lower low, uh, that's what we call bullish divergence. So it's a chance, hey, look, we might be uh, feeling out a bottom at this stage. So that, those are pretty clues. I look in a downtrend to see where um, we could have a chance there of uh, turning back up. So 4% day, you could see, look at all the previous times, uh, it's, it's done this uh, many times and then it rebounded back uh, upwards. Um, it's, it's, part of, it's part of a cycle. So if you want to just remove the noise, why gold's moving? Is it because of the rates? Is it because of uh, Buffett dumping his stock or whatever reason? At the end of the day, just look at the gold price chart and it's going to tell you uh, where it has a chance of uh, turning back up. So on the daily chart, definitely downtrend. But uh, after that, we'll see there. If you zoom out, you'll see that this is just um, it's a good pullback within a uh, higher time frame. It's like I, I just I told you, like maybe like before the call, I, you have to see that as waves. So back in 2018 or even 15, 16, it started. It was a small wave where we were we, we were starting to build bullish momentum. And then those small waves on the smaller time frames, on the weekly, on the monthly, they started turning up. 
and then start creating a strong macro or strong tidal wave going upwards. And then it happens always when those waves get uh, super big. Uh, on the smaller time frames, you have uh, count counter waves or counter trends. So it starts on the daily chart, on the weekly, on the monthly. But at, until those trends override the highest of the time frames, so let's say a quarterly chart or a yearly chart, the odds are that eventually the higher macro tidal wave that's going upwards will override these uh, these smaller time frame moves. This is the traders they have to or people invested they have to understand what their time frame is. Are you are you a position trader? Uh, are, do you want to ride the bull market from uh, year one all the way to 2028 20, or wherever it may end? Or if you're scalper, then maybe the yearly trend's not as important for you and you're going to want to focus on these smaller time frames. So it's always like that. You have to understand where, what's your time frame to get in and out and then use the appropriate time frame. But as a, on the general, if you want to judge the health of the, of the bull market for gold, you, you can't just look at that daily chart because it doesn't give you context. It doesn't give you nuance of actually what's happening right now to the, uh, yeah. so are we crashing? It's, it's a, it's a big word, but, uh, definitely on the longer time frame. there, it's not, a I can't say we're crashing at, at all there. Okay. So you're not worried at all. And it looks like you, you, you put in a 1675 line there, as long as that level seems to be holding where we are still in our upward trend. Is that sort of the, the bottom line? So it's not a crash until it crosses that line. Well, it's even more delicate than that. I could even say it could even crash and go below below that as long as it closes the year. And that's why people don't have the patience maybe to hear this type of information. But as long as it closes the year above 1675, we're still in, in, a, in a bull market. So the price action could actually, let's say we have a crash, a market crashes, liquidity crunch, and then everything sells off and the gold dumps to 1575, 1550, wherever it may dump. That could be just a wick on the smaller time frames. Then the Fed steps in, they do whatever they have to do to prop up the market. And then gold, by the end of the year, it closes above 1675. Then when I'm going to show you a chart, then you'll just see a wick. So a wick on a, on candles is just noise on smaller time frames. So the price action went down, but the buyers say, hey, look, uh, that's exaggerated the selling pressure. And they bought up and they closed the year. Uh, above that line. It's always a close that matters where the market decides to close the week or the month or the quarter. And the higher the time frame, the more important uh, that that closes. So it could be get, it, it could get a lot scarier than that. So a crash, uh, price action could dip really low, but as long as it closes the year above 1675 or even yeah. the six months, uh, I have a, I think the next chart is going to be like a six month uh, candle chart. Um, then you're still uh, you're still in a good, good solid uh, bull market. Okay, so so we were still in that bull market. Let's zoom in on today. Actually, so it's it's the month end. It's February twenty sixth, last trading day of the month. Um, what what is causing that now that that drop again in gold price? We've seen like if you look at the chart, there's a couple of red candles, not just today, but the last couple of days were bearish. Um, like what is causing the drop now? Is it just investors closing their positions? Let, let, let's zoom out and look at them. The, the reporting is it. Uh, uh, bond yields going up. Uh, is it big dollars moving back into the bonds now? The thirty-year Treasury is at one point six percent. Like whoop de doo, right? <laughs> this is uh, yeah. But uh, like, where where is that pr downward pressure coming from right now? Do you do you know? Well, yeah. Well, gold has been tracking the uh, uh, real yields pretty pretty accurately. So uh, a lot of people looking at the U.S. dollar, etc. But gold 
that's pretty much uh, tracked real yields. And real yields, if you look at the 30-year real yields, the one that's less manipulated uh, by, by the Fed, the one that's uh, like really out in the curve, it, they, they skyrocketed up the, the nominal yields on those 30 year, on the, since the bonds are crashing. But what you need is real yields. So those 30-year, they're going up, but the inflation expectations are ad- adjusted. So inflation... Uh, those yield, those uh, bond yields minus inflation is not sufficient to have real yields dropping. Real yields have been going up also. They're, I think they're even positive. They were almost like minus uh, half a percent uh, a little while back. And now they're, I think the 30-year real yields are positive. So that's creating some good headwind for gold. As soon as gold senses that uh, the real yields are going to start heading back down, it should turn back up. But I, I, I deep dive this a little while back, and this is the correlation that's happening now. But we got to be careful because we're in a like a disinflation since the 1980s. We've been in, like in disinflation, and gold was uh, started to rise in a disinflation since 2001 and went up because those real yields were going down. But there's moments back in the 2004 or five where gold actually went up with real yields. There was a there was a flip. I don't know like why does that? Maybe some macro guys could uh, they they could say was it. Sensing what was going to happen after that, and even in the '70s, everybody says, "Oh, look, the, the real yields—they they went down to a minus, let's say, four percent, and gold spiked up." But just pre- before that period, uh, before all that the extreme and negative real yields happened, gold actually went up with the real yields at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, so I'm still, like, I'm still trying to understand like gold. It's it's so interesting, right? Like I stopped. Like I wrote a newsletter before, and we were looking, and I'm trying to like talk a bit about gold, right? But not not as an expert, just analyzing what is happening. And it was that day the U.S. was like a couple hours away from going bankrupt because they didn't extend uh, the deficit or the the deficit ceiling. They didn't allow it to increase until and, and gold was going down. I was like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. And I stopped forecasting gold prices and leave that to experts, right? <laughs> well, it's the, that's why, because what we think makes it move, uh, all the narratives, all those stories, at the end of the day, you have to look at the, at the price action on the chart and maybe with uh, one or two instruments, see if there's really a strong correlation. But those correlations, they don't always stay. So on the smaller time frames, on the daily chart, go, like it's not guaranteed that something's going to be moving uh, gold in a certain way, inversely to 100%, right? Uh, I think maybe if you want to go with uh, the best like narrative, if uh, somebody says gold is just a, a, a rock to put a, on a, as a paperweight, maybe that's the best buying opportunity. Because well, I talked to these old school traders. For that. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> All the guys, the, the stories I hear, it's like uh, when people says, ah, a rock, uh, like uh, gold is just a rock, you know, then that's like a good contrarian. But yeah, seriously, right. you got to... Um, you got to look at the the big picture charts and see what actually the market's telling you. Uh, yeah, and the actual we, price action of the chart, right? I'm I'm gonna put you a bit on the spot here because we're like looking at the chart is all like looking back in hindsight. Everything's 2020, right? Um, do you do some forecasting as well? Like, like now it's the it's the month end. What do you, what what are you looking at right now in terms of maybe future gold price development? Like, what kind of trends are you seeing? Like, where are we headed? I'm gonna put you a bit on the spot here. <laughs> uh, don't worry. I... I do a lot of, um, hold on. I'm back. I do a a lot of, um, I like doing not forecasting, but uh, measured moves because technical charts, uh, 
its use also is to try to see what's the measured move, right? If the price action goes a certain amount down, usually there's a reversion to mean, and then you, you overshoot, and you could do measured moves with a whole bunch of different tar- uh, techniques. And also in time, sometimes you, you get to see a, like angle of entry into an arc, usually it's the angle of exit. So you kind of, uh, you could extrapolate pretty much where the area is. So what I do is I use a multiple range of like, let's say different techniques. And it's not precise. Like you'll see, uh, let's say for gold, uh, I have a 6,000 uh, 6, uh, target 2023 or 2,300 target for let's say Q, uh, Q3 of this year. But the, the takeaway is, are all these targets close by let's say you would do you had a scatter chart or a shotgun you know you hit the wall well nobody knows the exact future right the market some often i've realized it takes more time to uh, to play out than what my imagination imagination thinks but are am i in the ballpark you know and the more the more shots you take the more um uh, different techniques you use let's say to 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 get a ballpark uh, target and then you get to say okay this could be my range you know i have a whole bunch of targets so for gold I, and it's still on track. I have, um, for me, uh, for this year in Q3, I'm pretty, like, the way it's still playing out, I think it's going to shine. And I have a 2,200, 2, t- target for gold in Q3 of this year. Okay, so you're so still pretty I bullish a, on, like, you know, with the sentiment, like, if you look at the, if you look at Twitter, if you look at all media, it's like, oh, gold is crashing, gold is done. Like, all the crash, like all the crash profits, are coming out again with gold dropping three percent today, right? It's like, oh, gold is going to fifteen hundred. Maybe we'll see a thousand again soon, right? <laughs> you heard they saying they're saying that already. Oh, you just got to go troll. It's like, because I'm trying to get some information on what is happening, right? And of course, people are saying, yeah. oh, we're so bullish. And like, I just want to understand it, like from a technical perspective as well. Of course, macroeconomically, if I look at nine point nine, one point nine trillion dollars being printed in the U.S. this year. Like that stimulus is is most likely going to go through. Like macro, we are on the right track. Like I don't see why gold should be lower. Like I'm not I'm not calling for three thousand dollar gold. Like I'm I'm actually happy with eighteen hundred at this point because gold has come up quite a bit. But uh, well, just trying to make sense of it. (laughs) Well, that's why you got to be careful because me I always also try like it's a it's a it's a great cloud. What if golds move? from uh, 1200 to uh, 1800 or 2000 was actually it discounting the, the trillions coming out now maybe gold was already starting to figure out and the market was discounting the probabilities of um, the actual stimulus at which is not you know that like uh, buy the rumor sell the news type thing so you got to be careful maybe golds uh, i have some charts i i didn't share them with you but gold uh, it could have already digested all, all, all the stuff, and it's probably maybe actually waiting for the next, uh, the next move after that. You know, it's 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 a curious horse, and we're like humans, and we always try to rationalize, and we like, uh, let's say, people have money invested in gold, and they have to try to find a story which could make them sleep at night. You know, yeah. to, to, to why, always, why we're always looking for conver- con- like confirmation bias, right? Like something that fits our narrative, right? Yeah. And those stories get published. Of course, we all want to see a higher gold price. But as you said, I think that's a really good point. Maybe all that trillion dollar printing is already priced in. That's why we are at 18 or what is it, 1730 this uh, yeah. today, right? So, and I, I asked somebody else the other day, are we too greedy in gold? <laughs> like, like, are we too greedy? You'd like asking for 2300, like you mentioned 2300. That's why I'm picking it up. Like, are we being too greedy calling even for that, right? If it's supported by technical analysis, I think that's different. But just in general, like, are we too greedy as gold investors? Well, if that's a question, I, I don't think we're too greedy at all because the in the for the cycle for the let's say the precious metals bull cycle, um, 
it started and it's supposed to end, in, let's say 2028, maybe with a drawdown. Uh, usually there's lows uh, uh, to the, um, in the November of 2024, let's say the presidential cycles. You could check out the North Star charts on, uh, on Twitter. Kevin, I, I do a lot of work with him. And um, so other than that drawdown in 2024, in the end of the cycle in 2028, uh, you could expect this is going to keep going up and up. It's just that the time, our time frame, like we always have targets. As I say, I tell you 2300, your brain has a hard time imagining drawdowns and the emotion. We want to avoid that pain. So we just imagine a straight line. That's why we fail. Humans are awful traders. We just, oh man, Bitcoin is going to a million. And sure, it could go to a million, but people are imagining straight lines and they're, they're imagining the speedboat and the mansion and all that. And all that emotion stuff, whenever there's a drawdown, it's game over for you. It's game over because there's twenty percent drawdown. You're you're not breathing properly. You're scared to tell your wife. You know that all, all these things. Well, Bitcoin is just, a great uh, example because we dropped fifty percent in in the in the meantime. Like it dropped massively when we hit twenty thousand. It dropped all the way back down. It was more than fifty percent. I think it dropped down back to five thousand dollars, uh, five thousand dollars or something. Right. Well, somebody bought yeah. at twenty thousand at that time. It's like somebody marked that top. I'm not sure how that person feels right now. All right, now he feels probably better, but at the time, he, he was probably in a in a world of pain. Um, we're, we're getting a bit off topic, but let, let's quickly yeah, touch on sorry. silver as well, because silver had has seen a big drop today as well. And uh, you brought us one more chart, and I'm going to flip to it real quick. And uh, that's this one. Uh, let's quickly talk about silver, and we put it a bit on the back burner because it didn't break like initial technical, like short term um, support. It's still sitting above that 2680 line, I think it is. Um, so let, let's look. Let's look at silver, and what are you seeing there right now? Okay. I always try to find uh, analogous moves, behaviors, but not too much, uh, not too many instruments, but just let's say gold and uh, silver, they usually behave, they react at different, similarly, but at different times. Let's say uh, gold usually broke out early, like in uh, 2019 in July or June, and it, it opened the, the gateways for the rest of the commodities. So I was trying to figure out how how did silver behave pre previous to bear markets or huge drawdowns in gold? And if you look previously, uh, silver usually is a lot weaker than gold. So before, let's say the 2008 market crash, I marked it. Silver and gold are tracking pretty similarly. But after that, when there was a real serious move down, silver just got sold off. There's an issue. There's uh, something bad that's happening. And it showed a lot more weakness than gold. And gold got, got a bid. And you could see that on in these uh, quarterly uh, charts. Very important always, like if you want to zoom out to quarterly charts to, to reduce a lot of the noise. We're not seeing that now at all. And we're not seeing that in the commodities. Yes, they're, they're pulling back to 3%. But silver is still very close. It's closer to 28 where it's its breakout. I think it's at maybe 2650 um, now, 2640. It's closer to 28 than it is to 20. So you still got to look at uh, that it's still uh, hanging on close in the striking zone to try to go up above and have eventually, not this month, but maybe next month, a quarterly close uh, above a 28. And look at that. Always a lot. Of, uh, I saw the charts coming back out today. Like, uh, is this a 2011 to 13 top where we're having gold? It looks a lot alike. If you just look at the structure on the monthly chart, even it looks like. But if you take some context where you were in the cycle when that type of structure happened, you had a bull run from 2001 all the way to 2011, 10 years in. So those type of structures have a good chance maybe, yeah, of of, uh, of uh, deconstructing and prolonging you in a bear market. Uh, but right now we're just starting off the bat. 
And the silver for me, as you can see right now, like we didn't even have our blow off top. I, I made a joke of it. Like silver always ends in a parabolic melt top top, right? If it's a true bull, if this is a true precious metals bull market, silver should end parabolic and crash and gold should still keep grinding up and showing your resilience. Well, for me, silver didn't, uh, it didn't even try yet to do its parabolic melt up. Uh, copper did. Copper's already leading the way, uh, starting moving up uh, strongly. But uh, for me, silver is just hanging in there. Whatever news, whatever, uh, it's resisting very, very well to uh, those real rates uh, going up, to those uh, nominally bond yields going up. It's kind of sniffing whatever. It's, it's, it's kind of like seeing, and that's dangerous, like me trying to fit a story or a narrative on top of it, but it's kind of seeing its relative strength. It's kind of seeing past uh, um, whatever's happening now to the bonds, which should drive it uh, lower, but it's not. And uh, look at that 2011 uh, silver man, it just uh, started crashing months ahead of gold. And uh, now the it's the opposite. So for me, like a type of conclusion, putting that in the weight of evidence, and especially maybe the like the the next chart I'm going to show, gold is actually has led so hard ahead of everybody above its all-time highs. Right now, it's pulling back, and I can't wait to see the quarterly close. So end of March, now we see a strong red candle when I took that print screen, but that could end up just being a wick at the bottom, and gold could be closing up a lot higher the quarter. So you, you have to let those macro tidal waves unfold. You have to let the market digest whatever news is coming up, whatever fiscalist is coming up. All that stuff is going to play out. But if you look too close on the daily chart, man, you're going to get uh, you're going to get destroyed. No, uh, no, no, that, that's, that's, that, that, that's a great comment, actually. Right. Like, that's why we're having this conversation, because we all hear this noise. We see what's happening in the news, like the U.S. is attacking or bombarding Iranian troops in Syria. So we have all these macro influences that take away from from the basics right that's that's why like i brought you on as a chartist like what are the charts telling us it's like what what, what is the truth like i'm trying to get to the bottom of all this and that's why i really appreciate yeah. your insights patrick and i also hot seat again silver silver price development for like t let's say till the end of the year just trying to get a bit of a sense where you see things heading i sort of heard it out like out of your comments like you're still positive silver's trying to break yeah. out to the upside right now but where do you see things maybe end at the end of 2021 Silver, I'm still expecting fireworks for 20 for Q2. So right now, this we're setting the stage. As long as we're we stay close to that uh, striking zone to try to close above uh, 2028. After that, because silver, it's it spent most of its uh, time. It's not as 40 or 50 dollar all time highs are important for silver. It's all time highs for me. Yearly based yearly close is around 2830. It's never closed. Uh, I think a yearly above uh, 30 30 50. So that's the target for me. If we get to close above uh, 20, 29.30, that's when it should really explode. And I have some charts that, um, so Q2, I think silver is going to get uh, above its uh, 30 and even it's going to vacuum up maybe to 45 and then come and retest at 30, slumber maybe for Q3, let gold do its thing. And Q4, I see silver jacking up and they're going a little haywire. Uh, I think I have a mid 60s, maybe overshoot to 80 wow. by by the end of the year. Wow, that's a lot so, of volatility uh, for for precious metal, right? Well, or industrial metal, depending on what side of the trade you were on, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of volatility. Well, that's the way silver is. It's in it's in it's in its uh, DNA. If you look back in the 70s, all, all the way through history, silver has always been like that. I don't know why. Uh, there's probably some uh, dynamics of uh, supply, the demand. Uh, 
exploration, uh, under uh, undercapitalized, uh, whatever manipulation is crunching the price down. And when that all alleviates, then it just it just rockets up. So yeah, silver is definitely uh, not a monetary metal as much as gold. Gold is like the it's like a currency. It's traded like a currency. It doesn't fluctuate a lot. But a silver, um, it's a wild horse. <laughs> no, it's just trying not to fall off when it bucks, right? So yeah, fantastic, Patrick. Really insightful. Really, really appreciate you joining us. And uh, thanks, thanks for coming on. We need to do this again. Very, very soon. Yeah. So thanks for your time. And everybody else, follow at BatCharts1. The name is here in the ticker, uh, in, in, in the title here uh, below Patrick. So make sure you follow him on Twitter. You, you get tons of knowledge from him. And uh, be great to, to have him back on soon. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for following us. This was an SF Live breaking news special. We're trying to make sense off the gold and silver sell-off this morning. And uh, really appreciate you following us on Twitter and, and uh, YouTube as well. Leave a comment. Leave a like. We want to hear from you. And uh, we'll be back next week with more commentary and insights. Thanks so much, Patrick. Have a great weekend. Cool. Thank you, sir.